got another great podcast for you at joettecalories.com, and here's what's coming up. And they test you for it. I don't know of any conventional allergists that test you for nail polish, you know what I mean? Or cigarette smoke or fumes um, in the truck ahead of you in the traffic. And I'll be honest with you, I think this is more insidious, uh, this pharmaceutical industry, because it gets you when you're down. Already sick and scared, and you say, "Oh my gosh, what am I going to do?" And now it's telling that now it's been the last decade. They've been encouraging uh, people to go to the doctor and pressure their doctor. They don't use the word pressure, but that's what it is. About every two weeks, I would go for these shots. And as a small child with a skinny little arm, and they were giving you 16 shots, it was—I mean, I used to freak when I saw that. So in this podcast, Joette is going to talk a lot about allergies. And be sure to stick around to the end of the podcast when she gives a great remedy for sinus problems. And it's funny how this comes full circle because we recorded this on a Monday and now it's a Friday and I have just suffered from a terrible sinus infection. You can tell from my voice I'm still a little under the weather and lo and behold, the remedy that she talks about in this podcast just, you know, a few days ago is the remedy that cleared up that sinus infection for me. So here we go. doing another podcast with you. I know. I love it too, Paula. We've got a really great topic coming up because it has to do with the course that you're going to launch pretty soon here. Yep. Um, the course is called Allergic with a question mark and an exclamation point. Right. So why is it called allergic? Why isn't it called allergies? Yeah, good distinction. I really, you know, when we first brought that word up, we weren't really sure how to put it, but I think that it makes it different. The two are different because most people think of allergies as something that they have seasonally, you know, seasonal allergies mm -hmm. or um, animal allergies or food allergies. But allergic seems more encompassing. It's a broader umbrella. And so it incorporates not just allergies to the conventional ideas of what allergies are, but also to um, having chemical sensitivities, food intolerances, um, allergic to, um, um, you know, uh, perfumes, allergic to tobacco smoke, or, or even the change of weather, the change of seasons, barometric pressure changes. So it go, it's a broader I think it's a broader term. And we wanted to make sure that people understood that we get that, that I get that, that it's a broader term that people are suffering from these days. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, and it's true that the conventional side just really sees kind of anaphylaxis, then you're allergic or, or histamine issue. Right, and they test you for it. I don't know of any conventional allergist that tests you for nail polish, you know what I mean? Or cigarette right. smoke or fumes um, in the truck ahead of you in the traffic. And, and I knew years ago that that's what I had. I could feel it instantly. I knew right away when somebody sprayed pesticides. I knew I stopped wearing nail polish, I, you know, those kinds of things. I didn't need to be tested. It was pretty clear. Right, right, exactly. So, um, which leads actually to my next question. You have a history of allergies. Isn't that why you started homeopathy in the first place? Yeah, and I would say it goes even further back than that, uh, further back from, from homeopathy. Very rarely does the person come from, um, from illness directly into homeopathy, unless you live in Europe, South America, or India. 
But in North America, people have to travel down this long, circuitous path from I don't feel well to conventional medicine and all the drugs to, gee, I don't think I like these drugs anymore. They're making me sicker in a new way to um, the health food store, vegan, macrobiotic, um, vitamin therapy, synthetic vitamins. Oh, maybe synthetic's not a good idea. Okay, now we'll go to natural vitamins. (laughs) And yeah. supplements. Yep. And oh my gosh, the people have gone. By the time people get to homeopathy, they've spent a good decade. And they're pretty desperate. I, you are right, though. I'm from Brazil. When my mom moved us, when my parents moved us as little immigrants to the <laughs> United States, she brought her homeopathy kit. Oh, and then we're right. Yeah. And I told her, so you understand like heals like she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. When you got sick, I just looked it up in my little book and I gave you the remedy. <laughs> and I thought that was great. But listen, so then we're here for like 10 years. My mom throws away her kit. My oh, dad no. oh, she Americanized in the she, wrong way. And yes. I don't think Americanized, but I got to tell you, that was the wrong way to go. It was. And it's, it goes exactly like to what you just said, you know, it's like she got influence in doctors. And so she threw culture, the culture Uh shifts you. Yep. It did. So you're absolutely right. Yep. 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 Culture's huge. There's no doubt about it. And when you look at a women's magazine and every, you can see who's paying for the, all the advertising in the magazine, it's all the pharmaceutical industry. And then you go on television. Oh my gosh, there it is again. Oh my gosh, it's in the newspaper. Oh, I can't get away from this stuff. It's ubiquitous. Every every billboard and magazine and newspaper Mm -hmm. and radio. It's just, you know, it's the way it used to be with the tobacco and the alcohol industry. That was made illegal. They actually got after those two industries. And I'll be honest with you. I think this is more insidious, uh, this pharmaceutical industry, because it gets you when you're down. You're already sick and scared. And you say, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And now it's telling me that now it's been the last decade They've been encouraging um, people to go to their doctor and pressure their doctor. They don't use the word pressure, but that's what it is. Right. Pressure their doctor. Why don't you find out if this is right for you? So it's not even up to the doctor anymore. It used to be just in doctor's uh, journals, they would have all these advertisements. They got smart. They got slick. And they now advertise to the general public. Well, well, and they're so good at it. I mean, case in oh, they're point, brilliant. They're look brilliant. at the, look at the Gardasil vaccine. Oh my gosh, it's brilliant! They're oh marketing. It's Absolutely. on TV. It's on all the girl, you know, the, the that age group. It's. I mean, it's. Yep. Yeah. But back to allergies. Tell okay. me, <laughs> you you had it as a kid, right? Yes. And your whole life, you you say it was your middle name, or. Right. Yeah. Yeah. My middle name used to be allergies. And so, uh, but, but now it isn't anymore. And I was back to Josephine. That's actually my middle <laughs> name, Joette Josephine. I know. I know. They just had to make sure that they got that Joe in there. So, uh, so I wasn't a kid. I was an infant. I was six weeks old when my mother stopped nursing me. And we're talking early fifties folks. I mean, I'm not a young woman. Right. <laughs> and, um, and I got a vaccine. And I reacted to this vaccine. I believe it was polio because I don't know that there was anything more than polio, maybe smallpox in those days. I do have my records, but I'd forgotten which one it was. And shortly after that, I got an ear infection. And of course, antibiotics were used. And shortly after the antibiotics, up came eczema. And it started out on my cheeks and it was pretty rough and raw. And then uh, another ear infection came along. And you know the story. This is, the, this is everybody's story. Another round of antibiotics. Um, oh, in those days, it was a sh- it was an injection of penicillin, mm-hmm. 
And then, uh, which does the same. So then it was, uh, then that second, that second um, otitis media was met with antibiotics. And then, lo and behold, eczema that was at every flexor, behind my knees, you know, inside my elbows, under my, you know, on my neck, behind my ears, and then I was plagued. And so I was plagued with it, and, and every time um, I got another ear infection, this is the way my mother remembered it, it seemed to be the ear infection, is what she was thinking, and that's what, of course, what the doctor was saying, because the doctor's not going to say, oh, it's got to be the drugs I used on you, or on her. They're not going to say that. They're going to say, oh, no, it's the, you know, it must be these ear infections, you know, and then they go, bad old inheritance, you know, you know, they're not saying that, but that's, that's the implication. You know, there's something wrong with your inheritance. This is a newborn for goodness sake. It's not his fault. Or no, her fault. Mm -hmm. no, absolutely. So it was, so it was my mother's fault, of course, my father's fault. And so. And all uh, your ancestors. <laughs> my ancestors all the way back who had never had, by the way, never had antibiotics. I was the first, pretty much the first generation. My father had had some, a couple of antibiotics, but my mother never did. My parents were born at home. Wow. Uh, they were of that generation where the families couldn't afford going to a doctor and they mistrusted them. They didn't believe that the doctors would be helpful to them. They thought they would be, well, they were immigrants. They didn't, they didn't trust. So they stayed away. Instead, they used their herbs and their, their, their home methods. So at any rate, then I became a child that was uh, not just one with eczema. I was blanketed in eczema. I mean, there were very few parts of my body that didn't have it. I didn't have it on the bottoms of my feet or the palms of my hands. And I didn't have it in my scalp. Didn't have it in my ears. Had it behind my ears, in front of my ears, down my neck, across my face. It was everywhere. I didn't have it on my shoulders. I guess that's, you know, in my chest, but my stomach, my legs, big, huge patches, very uncomfortable, unsightly, embarrassing. And um, I was always told to stop scratching. So that's like, for those of you who are out there and have babies, that's like when the doctor says, don't push in labor. Don't push. Are you kidding me? What do you think? I'm like Herculean or something. Yeah. Well, great. When you're, when you're what? in transition or when you're past transition, <gasps> you're pushing. You're, I'm sorry, doc. There's no when way. I'm pushing. My friend, my, my girlfriend, um, she had her baby in the car on accident, obviously on the way to the, the birthing center or whatever. And her husband kept yelling her, stop pushing. And she's I know. Like, oh, yeah, right. I'm not doing it. It's the body's doing it. <laughs> this is not a conscious effort, folks. I know. <laughs> so, so to stop scratching was ridiculous. So, um, I, I, you know, we got steroid creams, and they were just coming out at that time. You know, all the miracle drugs were coming out in the early 50s. And so we were told to use it sparingly. Uh, because it would cause trouble later in life. And so we used it only when I was in a horrendous flare. But nonetheless, um, and my mother was very careful about it. One jar lasted many years because she was very afraid of what, what my cousin was our doctor, what my cousin warned her about um, regards to this, um, the detriments of using these steroid creams. But how how does tell us how does this relate to allergies then? I mean, someone might someone might be new to this. They may not realize the connection. Okay, so 
It's, it's um, one of the things that was found out by my, my mother taking me to allergists and getting my 16 shots. I'll never forget it. I've actually written about it on my blog and I used to, I remember getting the shots and I'm sorry going off on these tangents, but you know, it's kind of, I think it makes it more interesting when you hear stories about how this happens to people. And I remember seeing the tray that would come in and I knew what was in that tray. It was covered with a cloth, but I started to recognize it because I would go about every two weeks I would go for these shots and as a small child with a skinny little arm and they were giving you 16 shots it was I mean I used to freak when I saw that, that, that. these were steroid shots so these were shots to determine what I was allergic to what was causing this they were asking themselves so was it orange juice was it feathers was it chocolate was it dogs was it you know eggs and milk and so they determined it was yes all of the above <laughs> it, was yeah, it was all of that it was all of that um, and so no matter what it was they tested me for, it was that. So basically I was allergic to everything and the more antibiotics I got, it became more and more allergic. So, um, but nobody ever tested me interestingly for antibiotics, the stuff that they were doing that had, that was the, um, um, impetus for all of this the etiology. So I don't know if it would have shown up that way, to be honest, because it wasn't that I was allergic to it. It was that it had changed the, you know, my gut, essentially. It changed my mm -hmm. architecture of my molecular makeup, so to speak. So I lived my life not being able to have chocolate and dairy and eggs and no feather pillows and no wool. And in those days, in the 50s, there were no such, I mean, we lived in New York State, so we had to wear wool coats, no wool for me. And it was very hard to find something that didn't have down or wool. So my, you know, my mother went crazy trying to find all these things. So they were allergies. And, um, and even as abstinent, uh, as my mother and later I was from these substances, it, it didn't make any difference. It was, I was, it might've cut back on a flare, right. but it would not have kept me from being allergic consistently all the time. And that's what makes your message so unique is that you say, fine, if you, if abstinence helps a little bit, do right. it. Right. But that is not. That's not the goal. That's, that's not, not a life. Goal. That's not a lifestyle to abstain from all those things. I mean, the list was longer than that. I mean, it was pretty long right. because if you can't have eggs then you really shouldn't have chicken in many cases, if you can't have dairy, then you shouldn't have beef. It's the same species. Right. Um, I'm not saying that's so for everyone, but it depends on the depth and breadth, but it's a little different for everyone. But when you have, um, of sensitivity to one thing, generally more come down the pike. And there's nothing in conventional medicine that I'm aware of um, that, that, that corrects that. So I went through my life feeling like, you know, you know, being really feeling really ugly and homely and people looking at my legs and my arms. I was, I know it was horrible. It was horrible. It was depressing. You're the bubble girl. <laughs> yeah, I was the bubble girl. I wore long sleeves in the summer and pants in the summer. So nobody could see my legs and my arms and all of that. And then I hit puberty which was pretty interesting because then there was a big shift. It kind of dissolved. It went away. The eczema went completely away when I was about 12, okay. maybe more like 13. I had one big bad experience at 12 years old because my father bought a new car and we traveled down to Florida on a trip. Um, it was the one vacation we ever had in our whole lives. And I got really <laughs> sick because it was a brand new car. And it was loaded with chemicals and I got very, very, very sick. Oh. And it took weeks to get over that. But after that, about a year later, that was the end of it. Never got it again. And then instead, what I had was gut problems. Mm -hmm. And the gut problems were, 
Um, I'd have lots of pain after I ate. I had a very low appetite. I was really thin. Um, and I had lots and lots of stomach aches. And so those stomach aches were a problem because they kept me from living my life. I missed school. I missed social events and those kinds of things. Um, you know, I kind of muddled through it all. Then in my 20s, it was like a grace period. And then I got hit hard again in my 30s. So it, it does seem to be, you know, doctors often say, oh, they'll grow out of it. No, 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 no. We don't grow out of these things. Not, not if they've been treated with, with medications. It's almost like it, it retreats and creates a new plan and then right. it attacks again with a new right. age. Right, right. And um, speaking of this course, I just want to say that when we talk about these things deeply in homeopathy, we talk about the direction of disease and then the direction of cure. So um, that is something we're going to be covering in, you know, this course that you're talking about. And there's going to be, you know, I know that, that some people might worry, is this going to be an overlap with the gut courses that I've given? Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. You know, how, if, if someone buys the allergy course and they already own the good gut, bad gut course, you know, would they want to buy this course? I mean. Well, you know, um, there will be overlap, but thank God, for overlap, because if there is an overlap, really, you'll never get this whole picture of homeopathy because there are homeopathic medicines that work in many different ways and also need to be repeated so that you can understand it with a different set of circumstances, with a different kind of case. Here is how we make this fresh. Now look at it from this point of view instead of that point of view. Whereas in the gut course, we taught it uh, strictly from a gastrointestinal point of view. In the skin course, we have a skin course too, uh, we, we talk about it strictly from a skin course, but with this allergic course, we're talking about kind of my whole picture because first it was eczema and, and ear infections and then and, and also I might add a susceptibility to strep throat and then my tonsils were extracted. I mean, we go on and on about how this is all related. It's very related. And so I, I, I want to spend, or I am spending a lot of time working on trying to make this new course as in-depth and as fresh as possible, but there has to be overlap. Well, I, I think a perfect example of this is just a single homeopathic remedy, how it can be used for many different things, like you're just saying. So here's a quick example, Ipecac. Right. When you look at it from a female perspective, you think of it maybe during morning sickness. Yes. Ipecac again. And if you look at it from like a food poisoning perspective or a gastrointestinal, you look, you think of Ipecac that way. And then you can also think of Ipecac with diarrhea and dysentery from that kind of a perspective. And a cough. Ipecac's great for You're right. cough, for example. Right. I remember one time we met and you said, oh, Paola, take some Ipecac, you know? And so it's like, it's, it's just approaching the same remedies, but from different directions is where you yes. get the complete world. Yeah, I will be still using some of the same protocols because it's kind of foolish not to use it just because I, I mentioned it in another course. It's got to, it, it got to bear uh, repeating. There's no doubt about it. But definitely you're saying even though it's coming from a different perspective and there may be some repeated protocols, there's going to be plenty of new information. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Absolutely. I love that. So, um, so you really do have to let go of the allopathic model when you use homeopathy, when you think, you know, of, of one remedy treating one thing. No, it treats 
many things. Yes. You know? And you know how you learn this, Paula? You go online. Let's say you look up Ipecac. You go online and wrote, write Ipecac Homeopathic Materia Medica. Look at look it up on a Materia Medica. And it's usually Boricky, Dr. Boricky's Materia Medica, who's died, you know, decades ago. Or Dr. James Tyler Kent, he died, you know, decades ago, half a century ago. Those are the kind of people you want to read about Ipecac. Now look at all the indications. Mm-hmm. It's sweeping. Each of these remedies are pretty sweeping. Right. I mean, and if you get a good Materia Medica that really like a, the concordant, uh, um, Franz Vermeulen's concordant, for example, look it up online. I don't know how much is of that is online, but you look at them and you'll see, my gosh, sulfur has like six pages of, of indications. Holy cow. Now you say, well, I thought sulfur was only for hot flashes. No. It's for many, many conditions. Right. But if you know sulfur and you've read it and you understand it has something to do with heat, not always, but often it has to do with heat or burning, now you can think outside the, our, the box and say, now I get why we use that for, let's say, rectal burning. I right. get it. Yes. And now so I understand why you can also use it for, for hot flashes during menopause. Right. I like that. Now, there is, there is a specific subject in this course, which I'm really excited about, because you haven't discussed it in any of the other courses, and that was miasms. So right. tell me a little bit about that. Okay. Let's go back to my story, because I think that will be uh, instructive. You know, I, when, when I got that vaccine and that, that antibiotic, why didn't I get, like, seizures? Hmm. Like some kids do. Some kids get seizures after vaccines. Right. Why didn't I, um, uh, I mean, there are all kinds of things. Why did, why didn't I get an eye infection? Why didn't I get conjunctivitis? Or some people get nothing. Or some people get nothing. Absolutely. Why did, why was I even affected at all? Good point. Mm-hmm. Well, because we have miasms and miasms is another way of saying inherited taint, T-A-I-N-T, inherited taint or the inheritance. So if we look back at my parents, they didn't have eczema. Actually, my mother had a tiny bit of eczema behind her ears and a little bit on her, around her elbow when she was a young woman, but that was all it was. So nobody mm-hmm. thought to take her to an allergist. That would be the last thing my grandparents would have done. Right. And, and my father had some, some allergies to um, certain insects. You know, there are these sand flies that, that fly around um, uh, the neighborhood when we were, uh, where, we were, where he grew up. And so his eyes would swell up. So we had allergies in the family. So once you have a child, you can assume that that's going to be a potential concern is, are these allergies. Now, interestingly, both of them, one was on the skin for my mother and the other one was around the eyes and swelling. And um, that's what showed up in me later in life was swelling. Well, actually, when we did that trip to Florida, that's exactly what happened. My eyes swelled up, not from insects, but from the chemicals in the new car. So, which would have been probably apis, right? Apis six. Yeah, yeah, would have been absolutely apis, especially when they're. It looks like they're bags of water. It's edematous, really, really swollen with with a with fluid inside. So um, it, that would have helped. It would have helped my father all those years too. So at any rate, miasms are um, uh, what we're what we're looking at is when 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 I was given the vaccine, the miasm was stimulated. The inheritance, the lowest level of the inheritance, the weakest link in the inheritance was, was let loose or was weakened further. And so had I not had those, 
allopathic methods administered to me at such a tender age. And at the same time, my mother stopped nursing. It was like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> really, when you think about it, it's huge. No more nursing, vaccine, and antibiotics. Whoa, this, I mean, I was an infant. It's, it's the alarm clock for the sleeping giant. Yes. Just like, wake up yeah, now. Somebody, yeah, somebody kicked him in the gut. Right. And said, wake up, sleeping giant. All the bad stuff that's in your inheritance has just been awakened. So I wasn't going to get toenail fungus. I wasn't going to get seizures. I was going to get what was already there lurking in the background that needed to be protected. And unknowingly, my parents didn't didn't do that. And this is so funny. People will say, well, we have pretty good genetics. I mean, nobody in my family has like cancer or whatever. And I just want to say, every, you're not perfect. You're not a Spartan. Okay. Everyone has, (laughs) everyone has something. We're not warriors here, folks. (laughs) I know. You're not, no, you, everyone has something. And do you want to know what it is? Take a drug. Keep doing what you're doing and don't listen to me. (laughs) Keep taking those drugs and you'll see what what the weakest links are in your family. Right. So then, so but will this happen to everyone? Like you said, no, it doesn't. There are many people who can get past all of this stuff pretty easily. But I was very sensitive and have been a good part of my life to chemicals, to heavy metals, to um, um, additives, to preservatives. So I think that had a lot to do with how I reacted as well. But who knows? Who knows? I mean, right. you, could, you could analyze that till the cows come home. I don't know that it's worth of, worthy of that. Was it the adjuncts in the polio vaccine? Or was it polio vaccine? Was it the live polio that was injected? Right. Oh, wait, was it live or was it dead? You know, I can, or killed. I can't remember now when they were, I don't know what they were using in early 50s. Whether it was a killed polio or the live, you know, it was the sugar cube and the versus the injection. So I would not have remembered, of course, what was done to me, but right. I could certainly look it up and find out which one it was. Right. So you're saying the miasms that you're going to talk about then look at correcting your 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 genetics, basically. Yes. Yes. Now that's a big sweeping statement, isn't it? Nobody can believe that. What do you mean? If it's inherited, I'm stuck with it, right? No, 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 no. It doesn't mean, it means that you will always have that propensity for that, but we want to correct the, the condition, the disease. And it can be done. I've seen it done. I'm not going to tell you that it's everyone who can be done. I'm not going to tell everyone that, that they can all be cured because I believe, and this is actually something that the Banerjee's told me, and, and I was thinking this all along, but they put it so succinctly. They said every disease is curable. Not every person is curable. Mm-hmm. So cancer is curable I'm, with homeopathy. So AIDS is curable with homeopathy. I see it in, at the Banerjee Clinic. I see it. I've seen it. I've, I've watched it, observed it. I've gone back, looked at the records. I've, I've checked it out. I, I want to see it for myself. I believe it. I see it. It's, it's data that is, that is uh, um, reproducible data. So, so if, but it doesn't mean that everybody with AIDS will be cured because it depends on how far they are, how deep the miasm is, how many drugs they've taken. Their how, vital force, basically. Their vital force, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Their circumstances, you know, uh, there's a lot to be included in this. And so then a lot of people say, well, so what about my vital force? What's the chances of my getting past this? Well, we still don't know. We just got to do, do it. the best we can. That's right. We do the best we can. And of course, we want to put our ducks in order. I always tell people, look, make good choices. Before you have the baby, 
get married. That makes life easy, right? That's simple. Makes life super easy because now you've got two people taking care of one person. Right. So now you have, and then when you, but make sure you've also got food on the table and you've got a, mm-hmm. a roof over your head. I mean, that's just logical to me. Right. Um, and you choose stress. the right person to marry too. That's right. a big deal. Huge. Right. right. Make sure that person doesn't have, um, you know, cocaine addictions. <laughs> I always joked. I used to work at the bank when my husband and I were dating and he, he had an account at the bank that I worked at. Do you think, do you think I looked it up to see if he was in debt or whatever, what kind of places he was going to? Girl. Absolutely. I did my whole. Well, in the old days, you'd have to prove, you know, the woman's family would have to prove the dowry value. So it's, you're just, you're just using it in the modern way. Just doing the due diligence. And I'm not yeah, you don't want to live in abject poverty. You don't want to do this alone. You want to do this. A partner makes a big difference. That husband makes a huge difference. Sure. So now, now you also want to make sure that you're eating good food. Now, how can you do that without the other underpinnings? It's possible. I'm not saying, please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that mothers out there who don't have husbands are, are naughty or anything. I'm just telling you that it certainly makes it a lot easier in the long run if you're doing this sure. with someone else. Sure. And so kind of, you know, eating a high quality diet, that rum milk, all absolutely, those fats, all absolutely, that, reducing your stress, you yes, know. fresh air, try to buy a house that doesn't have pesticide sprayed all around it, try to buy, you know, try to get into, into, into a school where you feel comfortable with, where it's a good school, or you decide to homeschool, or, you know, these are huge decisions, and you want all your options available to you. Right, right. If your immediate family is exhaustingly stressful, move a few hours away, do what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> and if they're, and if the extended family is, is good for you, by all means, take advantage of that. You need that extended family. Grandparents are key. So going back to the concept of genetics, there's this hot new word out there called epigenetics. Uh-huh. So we know about genetics, but now it's epigenetics. I'm not sure if all our listeners know what epigenetics epigenetics is. And so um, it's basically the modification of gene expression rather than the alteration of the genetic code itself. So so we're trying to, we're splitting hairs here. We're, we're moderating, not changing. Right. So genetics, they're saying can change completely the code. Right. And then epigenetics is saying is instead the code is the same. It's just how it's expressing itself is yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. So expression of it, not the underlying molecular level of it. Yeah. The makeup of it. Well, and, you know, myisms have to do with what we're talking about. There's no doubt about it. And um, I, I think we're kind of splitting hairs, although it would be fascinating to find that out um, homeopathically. But here's the thing. Modern science is always digging around to try to find out these kinds of answers when... I'll be honest with you, I think we have the answers. I mean, we know that there are certain inherited taints in a family, and uh, whether you look it up and you go through blood tests or saliva tests or um, other kinds of molecular tests, there are specific diseases that you're likely to get. When you learn about miasms, that's already determined. That was determined by Dr. Samuel Hahnemann back in the, you know, early 1800s, 1801, 1810, 1805, that was all figured out, not with microscopes, not with 
mm-hmm. testing of saliva, but it was it was determined through clinical experience, and it was seen time and again. And it's a fascinating study. I won't go into it too much here because we're all going to talk about it in 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 this in this course. And I mean, we could talk about this all day long. Myasms are very fascinating. Mm-hmm. But you can see that it's coming from the family. And, and what I love about this is it's not saying, oh, jeepers, now I'm doomed. Rather, I'd rather say, no, look at your health, look at your parents' health, look at your husband's health and his parents' health. And now you know where your kids are going if you're not careful. Right. If you are imprudent, if, if there are drugs that are used for every sniffle and sneeze, or even for not every sniffle and sneeze, for for diseases that can be, or conditions that can so readily be corrected and aided, or even softened, if nothing else, with methods that do not drive the pathology to a deeper state. That's the phrase. It drives the pathology or the family inheritance to a deeper state and more sobering state. So that that next generation, because now we've had three generations of four, even four generations, depending on which family we're looking at, of vaccinations. Mm-hmm. You know, now the kids are getting, I, I think the last tally was 69 vaccines by the time they reach college. Right. By the time I reached college, I had maybe, I don't know, four. Wow. Um, so, so it's something to think about. So when, so you're saying when it comes to homeopathy, who cares if the actual genetic code is different or if it's expressing itself differently? It doesn't matter. What matters is it came from your family and right. you're sick. Right. And so now we treat it with the protocol. Right. Now we use homeopathy to uproot it. And now we, now we can look down the pike and look at our children and say, ho, ho, now I better watch out for that because my husband had asthma. And I had eczema and, and that could come down the pike and it doesn't take much to turn that on. Or as you said, kick, you know, put the alarm clock next to that sleeping giant. Or I said, kick him in the gut and, and suddenly he wakes up and all the, the wrath of the family inheritance comes at us. They wake up mad. They don't wake up happy. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, I myself was allergic or intolerant to it. It wasn't so much chemicals for me but it was foods. And if any of the listeners are listening, you, you might've heard of the autoimmune paleo diet. And so I couldn't have milk, eggs, soy, beans, nuts. I couldn't have any form of um, grains. Oh, no grains, no rice, no. Yeah. And that comes, goes without saying I couldn't even have nightshade vegetables. So tomatoes, tomatoes and eggplant and yeah, all the things that you love that I love. Yeah. Right. And I, and I was slow and avocado was starting to crop up and that was a big one for me because it gave me all the fats that I needed to kind of, you know, and so I started living off of coconut products and I could just, I could tell that sooner or later that was going to get added to the list too. Yep. Because, you know, well, the more myopic or the more narrow we become in our food choices, the more narrow we have to become in our food choices. Right. Right. And I have to say, Joette, all I avoid right now is gluten. And I believe that I could probably start working on that, but I'm just so happy that all I have to do is avoid gluten. Right. But I'm just taking a break right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just yeah. Avoid gluten and I love it. Yeah. It's you a know? beautiful thing. Well, that's what, you know, I, I've said that later on in life I had, I had eight, nine, 
foods. I keep forgetting. I think I've said eight. I think I've said nine. So just to correct that, I've said both ways, eight or nine foods that I could eat. It was, I called it my sad little diet. And the more foods I, yeah, when I was in my 30s. And the more I couldn't eat, the more I couldn't eat. Right. So it was, um, it was an exercise in, well, my poor husband. We couldn't go out to dinner. Right. We couldn't travel, or if we did, we had coolers. I mean, I have, I had the state-of-the-art coolers. I have to tell you because when we went on road trips, we you had, know, you know, that's not what I want to be known for. Are my coolers? Right. <laughs> <laughs> don't. Now, I mean, we went out to dinner last night. I don't even give it a thought. I mean, I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat stuff with MSG in it, or you know. But but tonight we're we're going to meet with some friends, and they're going to have hot dogs and hamburgers, and I'm going to eat it. Believe it or not, I'm going to eat, they're not free range. These are not hot, you know what I mean? These are not hot dogs that are, that are quali high quality hot dogs. Mm -hmm. So I actually, I'll probably just have the hamburger, but it's certainly not from a free range cow. I can right. pretty much guarantee that. Right. You know, so I'm bringing the salad. I'm bringing an avocado salad and tomatoes and stuff. So I'll eat a lot of my stuff and then I'll have one hamburger, you know, maybe without the bun. Right. And I'll right. still eat. I, I want to be part of the group. And, and that's my point. That's what's so exciting. And, and had I only found you now, I think maybe I would have taken this course over even the good gut, bad gut. Because I have to tell you, my biggest fear, Joette, mm -hmm. was that I was going to starve. Yes. And not be able and oh, I was yes. have to have that bag, you know, that goes straight in. I mean, that was yes. my biggest fear. Yes, absolutely. And that's the way I felt, too. I, was af I got to the point I was afraid to eat anything because I didn't know whether or not that was going to trigger it. Right. right. It exactly. being for me, it was asthma later on. Right. So it went from skin to, to right. stomach to asthma. For me, it was my bladder. It would yep. make my bladder bleed. But you know what? It, and that goes back to the whole genetics, whatever we're yep. pre predisposed to. So, Joette, why this course? Um, because I feel as though there's something missing in the other courses. And that was just what we're talking about, the genetics. I feel that um, we needed to go deeper, and I had not done that in other courses as deep as I'd like to. I want to explain how this is uh, has an inheritance value, and it gives it will give a lot of insight into what homeopathic medicines can be used, but also what's coming down the pike for folks' families. Mm -hmm. But so so this course is not for everyone. Okay. You know, a lot of times that's so for all of my courses, everything I talk about is not for everyone. There are many people who really don't have any interest in this and that's, you know, that's their decision. But um, this course is for, not for someone who feels that they can't take another course on, that they just don't want to go this deep. They don't need to understand why this is happening or how this is happening and what homeopathic medicines are connected to it. But it is for someone who says, I can't get enough of this stuff. Right. And I know that the, many of the folks who, who are our students are of that ilk. They can't get enough, just like me. Right. I still can't get enough. I'm in my 60s. I can't stop reading this stuff. I can't stop learning. That's why I go to India every year. I mean, right. I just got back a month ago. I'm ready to go in January. I just said to my husband, let's go back. <laughs> I want to go back. He says, really? And I, yeah. Why does it have to be once a year? Why can't we go twice a year? Yeah. I can't get enough because it's so fascinating and it's the only thing that I can equate this to is music. You know, when you first start, start learning music and you find out where middle C is and then you have, you know, one hand and then it's the scales and then the arpeggios and then you can learn a little, you know, 
you know, little tune and, and then you start playing little simple sonatas. And, and then by the time you turn into an adult, you've really learned a lot, but there's always more to learn. You didn't even think to learn of the romantics, or maybe you didn't even think to learn about the jazz that came into in the, in the 20th century. Let's start learning rhythms. How cool is that? You could keep going on and on and how about contra rhythms and 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 how about you know comparing that to to rhythms that were used in in just a cappello back in the 1600s by the monks it's just too cool there's so much to learn and that's the way homeopathy is well and i i really relate to this when my kids and i played a, l a little bit of piano but my my kids play piano and when they start off they're frustrated and it's hard right. and i don't get it because well, there's no beauty to it yet there's no fun no. So that's how I felt when I started off with homeopathy. But then as you progress, you know, in piano, it takes a couple of years, but with homeopathy, it's much quicker than that. And as you right. progress, you, you get your kid looking at you. That was really fun. My, yeah. my son's playing this little song called Happy Farmer, and it has these really fun scales that you have to go in, and he loves it. And that's how I feel about the homeopathy. It's no longer frustrating. I kind of pass the beginner stage, and it is fun to cure people. <laughs> oh my God. It's, a, it's such a heady experience. Here's the thing I always tell people. We humans are always looking at what the goal is, you know, looking ahead, looking ahead. I got to cure this. I got to get to that. I got to be able to take care of my child's this or my aunt's that. And I say, no, 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 no. Don't look at it. What's, what's always ahead. Of course, you don't always want, you want to have goals, but right. turn around, look back and look at what you have accomplished. Right. Oh, all, look, all, look 80% back. Yeah. You won't realize how much you've learned until you look back and say, wow, you know, my child doesn't have constipation anymore. My neighbor doesn't have that arthritis, those arthritic knees any longer. Mm -hmm. My mother doesn't have the weeping anymore. My father doesn't have shin splints. I mean, these are things that, that, that homeopathy corrects, right. not treats. Remember, we're not treating symptoms. We are correcting. So it's, it is a heady experience and it's, I always say it's deliciously intellectual. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so th there is one thing I want to talk about, Joette, and, and that is your mission. Your mission is to get homeopathy in how many homes is it? I forget. A hundred. I think it was a million. Okay. Did I say a million. I keep forgetting if it's a hundred thousand. You wrote it down somewhere. There's yeah, a, I know. I have it written on a little slate at my desk. There's a number. And, um, but I just, by 2020, that was the number by 2020. So I don't know if we're being really ridiculous and thinking that we no, can we can do it in four years, whether we can do this, but with the, with the help of the internet and people, and really more than anything, mother spreading it to mother, to grandmother, mm -hmm. to neighbor, to friend. And at the rate people are getting sick with not very good options at their fingertips. I mean, this is going to keep spreading. Yeah, it comes along faster for many. Yes, that's right there we want to get it out there and I don't say and I always wonder whether or not I should do these podcasts about a course I you know I I I believe very strongly in these in this this medicine this medical paradigm um, and so my passion is to get it to people and so we create these courses um, courses are not necessarily for everyone not everyone wants to put out um, the money or doesn't have the money to do this. And so I have developed or we as a group as uh, my whole group and my team around me, including you, Paula, have put together tiers um, of levels of um, ability or interest in learning more. So I suppose the top tier would be working with me one on one. 
so that if you have a problem and you don't want to take a course or you're taking a course and you just can't move fast along enough along in it then you can work with me one-on-one -on -one and and that's certainly very acceptable for many people and it's not for others but let's say that's not affordable then i also have cds and um and and people can purchase cds and they can also purchase courses so the courses are i think reasonable but you know some might not agree with that but um for what's in them and for the the fact that they are so um this information is so unique um i think that the that the value is is there but let's say people don't agree with that that's not the value isn't there now what i suggest you do is you spend time on my blog um, I've been authoring this blog for nine years. It's awesome. um, it is um, every single week. In the beginning, I gave a lot of classical information. So uh, some, there's some information there that would be valuable, but I say the last four, four or five years is the information that I'm the most proud of. It's since I started working with protocols and the Banerjee's. And, uh, and I give you, I, go, I come back from India. My assistant collates all my information for me, puts it together, and then I give this away on my blog. I teach people how to do this for free. Yep. And I, and I just want to, case in point, you know, it costs money for you, for you to get this information from India here. It costs money to put these courses together. It's a lot of work. I'm, I'm on the backside of that, and I see how much work it takes. So obviously, you want to support those endeavors, but I'm going to say it, Joette, you, you, I don't think you've ever come out and said this before, but when I realized that this is what was going on, I just thought this needs to come out. When you buy a course from Joette, you know, like the Good Gut, Bad Gut or this allergy course, you get access to a pharmacy where you get a discount. And, um, and if you take even her study groups, which is kind of a, um, a more for, you know, cheaper, it's just like, you know, 50 bucks for that course. You do get a, a smaller discount, but you get a discount and access to our preferred pharmacy. Anyhow, the, I, I was asking Joette once, so why do we get this discount? And it's because Joette is waiving her commission. For anyone who buys a remedy, she would get like 30%. But what she did is she turned that around and is giving it to her students because she doesn't want to have her hand in that kind of a, in, in that way of making Well, that's the, that's the uh, paradigm of conventional medicine, where the doctor gives you a drug and he gets, I, I don't know if I'd call it a kickback. I don't know what it's called these days. It's changing all the time to protect right. the interests of those that are involved. But I don't want to tell people, yeah, take this, this homeopathic medicine and then I'm getting a buck on it. Right. I want you to just take it because it's going to help you. I don't want to make anything on it. Okay. It's the same thing, you know, we're doing this with boron too. When you click on it on the on the medicine that's on the blog and it takes you to boron, the pharmacy that uh, mm -hmm. it's an international homeopathic pharmacy. Wonderful. You'll get a 20% discount if you use my name. I don't get anything. I don't want anything. And that's how we can make that possible is because you've given that up. And I just, that is your goal, Joette, is you want to help people and cure them. You know, this isn't about building some empire. You know what I mean? It's about making people well. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> well, it's, it's awfully nice of you to say that. And, but I still, I want you to know that I still make a living. Um, and, and that is part of this too. But I also know that people who come to the blog often can't afford. Right. And so I don't want them to say, oh my gosh, now I have to spend $15. Some people can't. They really can't. Right. So I want this to be available to all. And, and if, if this is the way it is best done, that's the way we're going to do it. Right, right. Well, very good. So getting back to the allergy course, kind of to conclude that, that idea, 
Um, tell me the Cali bichromium. Bichromium? Oh yeah, yeah, bichromium. Story. Yeah, yeah, bichromium. Story. Okay. okay. Yeah, because I want to I want to give at least one, you know, a protocol so that folks can go away with with knowing something um, about how to use uh, homeopathy for allergies. Um, quite a while ago, I used to have these tremendous headaches, and I used to think they were migraines. Um, but I didn't really know, and I, I just knew that they were, the pain was horrendous, and it was every single time the barometric pressure changed. Now, I lived in right downtown Buffalo, New York at the time, and um, there was um, um, a pressure, barometric pressure change every, you know, twice a week for crying out loud. We so right what is that exactly? I'm not sensitive to that. What is a barometric Pressure. Well, it means that the clouds have either come in and our lice and the, and the sky is low, essentially the clouds are low, oh. and then behind them it might be a front or a clearing, and, and as they blow through, um, it changes. The, the, the barometric pressure actually changes because now the clouds are lifted or they've dissolved or they've, you know, evaporated. The okay. wind has blown them away, and now it's changed again, so it has to do with humidity too, but it's also pressure. So, so that's what Chicken Little was referring to when the sky was falling. It was just a barometric <laughs> pressure change. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So every time, you know, a little storm would come through or a cloud cover would come through and it was, and it was imminent and I could feel that it was coming along, I would get these tremendous headaches. Well, these headaches were specific, um, and that's what I'm going to talk about, this specific kind of headache. It was across my face, behind my eyes, above my eyes. It often started above my eye or between them and then it would just spread across sometimes it would go into my ears and it almost felt like it could be allergies at one point i went to an allergist at that time and and they said oh yeah it's allergies and of course he wanted to give me steroids um and but i just started to learn about homeopathy and i said no no, no i'm not going there i'm not doing this stuff so thanks for the information and no thanks so i went home and i just started to learn about homeopathy at that time i had a simple book and i looked up barometric pressure change or headaches or sinus. I think it was sinus. I looked at sinus pain and that's what it was. So I took Kelly Bichromium 30. Kelly, K-A-L-I, Bichromium, B-I-C-H-R-O-M-I-U-M, Bichromium. Kelly Bichromium 30C or 30X, either one would probably act just as well. And I, because of my naivete, I took one dose and I thought, well, no change here. I guess that's the end of that. And then I learned a couple weeks later, no, no, no. When you've got something like this, you take Several doses. You take it until it works. You know, so I I did it again. Well, pressure. Just let's re let's remind people. So three to four doses, yes. and then the acute yes. is right. not right. not just endless. Yeah, you take you don't yeah you don't take it forever. You take you give it a chance to act, and it's usually about four doses that okay. will that will determine whether or not that's um that's the amount of time or that that will work or not. Okay. So, so I yeah more. so I took it I took it maybe three times and it took the pain away within. I don't know, a couple hours. Normally I would suffer for days. So I was elated. I mean, I wasn't going to take drugs at that time. I already knew at that point, no more drugs. I knew that I was as sick with drugs as I, as, as I was without them. So I said, I'm stopping this stuff. I'm stopped spending the money on it and stop making myself sicker in new areas. Right, right. So then the next barometric pressure change came along and that was about a week later as usual or two weeks later. And I took it again. I started to feel the pain. I took it again. And that was it. I never had another headache, sinus pain headache, or any headache for that matter, now that I think of it, except for maybe if I had a flu or something. I never had it again. I had suffered with these headaches for years. Wow. Every week, every 10 days, for years I had suffered. It took two rounds. 
Now, I want to parenthetically tell everyone it doesn't always work like this. I love to tell the stories that are exciting like this because they, they illustrate so beautifully. There are lots of stories in which it takes months for, for, for conditions to correct, but this was stunning. So I have, still have that bottle of Kelly Bichromium. No one else in my family has suffered from this except me. And I can see how much I used. I used two doses. I mean, excuse me, two rounds. Maybe what, four, six, eight doses altogether? Mm -hmm. I've never had another one since. So it's like you were allergic to... No, I was responding to the environment. I don't know yeah. that you call it allergies. But you're throwing it in the Yeah, it was an environment, yes. Well, I mean, maybe it is, maybe it is an allergy. Maybe some people do consider weather change is an allergic response. There's no right. doubt about it. Okay. You know, some people it. say, well, that's because of the mold or that's because of the pollen or because can also be um, the change in weather. Just change in weather. A lot of people suffer from allergies in spring or fall. They're fine in the summer or they're worse in the winter. You know, certain seasons bring it on. It doesn't have to be that's just because the heat went on and there's dust or those kinds of things. It doesn't have to be. That can simply be weather. So, yeah, I was allergic to it seemed like so many darn things. It was just one more thing. So you're saying with barometric pressure changes, calibrochromium, bichromium is the first one to think of. To think of when you have pain in the sinuses, especially related to that. Now, there are other characteristics to this, to this medicine, and one is that the mucus is stringy and it's plasticine. And it's, I didn't have any of that. All I had was the face pain, head pain into my ears above my forehead. I mean, it was the kind where I just had to lay down. I used to take this drug before I decided I wasn't going to do this any longer. I used to take this drug called 222s. And I live in New York State, and I used to travel. You couldn't get it over the counter in New York State. And I was so desperate for relief that I would go over the bridge to Canada and buy these things over the counter, and they had codeine in them. So I was, I was creating like this coding habit mm -hmm. over the stupid barometric pressure change wow. pain that I used to have. And so I'd be, then I'd be groggy then I'd get constipation from it. I mean, the list went on and on because of what the drug did. On one hand, I was thankful it got rid of the pain, but it never cured me. Right. And it only caused the potential of a new, new long-term problem. Right. And it's interesting how, you know, if, if you, if, if the stars line up, something like a barometric pressure change can really bother some people. Oh, you I, bet. I have a cute sister-in-law who delivered, you know, she delivered at the hospital, but she delivered in the hallway because there was some big barometric pressure change and it put all these women into labor. <laughs> they didn't have a room for her. Wow. They recognized that. Isn't that yeah. interesting? Yeah. They told her, oh, it's, it, well, it was a nurse, you know, the nurses will know. And they were like, yeah, oh, nurses are really astute. Really, nurses get it because they're in the trenches. They see yeah, everything. They do, yeah. And they're moms. They're often moms and grandmothers, and they're observant because they've been watching their own for a couple of decades or so. Right. Very good. Yeah. Well, thanks, Joette. This is a great treat. I, I am so glad to talk with you, and, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to your upcoming course. Oh, Paula, I love doing this with you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's really great. And I hope it helps folks. And, and, and remember, folks, if this doesn't turn you on, you don't want to go to courses, no problem. Go to the blog. Just use it. Use it. That's what it's there for. Just look, use that little search bar. Look up the condition that you or someone in your family is suffering from, including your dogs and cats and birds and wildlife. It's the same thing for animals. So mm -hmm. just look it up there and, and, and find out what I'm recommending for that particular condition. And there you go. And it's free. And you just click on it, go to Amazon, and you buy it yourself, or you go to your local store, or you go to your homeopathy kit. Or you can get it from Boron, because we have that discount now. Boron, so that the... discount, Boron, yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Awesome. Thanks, Joette. Okay. My pleasure, Paula. Take care. You just listened to a podcast by DoetteCalibres.com, where nationally certified homeopath, public speaker, and author, Joette Calabrese, shared her passion for helping families stay healthy through homeopathy and nutrient-dense nutrition.